0: Hello friends and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LL underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to drop a like, follow, or subscription on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I kind of wanted to go into a little bit of detail about the Jets versus the Blues, which was a very interesting game. This one, I think for a lot of Jets fans, will give folks optimism and maybe some reason to be excited about the Jets being potentially really competitive in this division. We all knew that the Jets are probably like a top three team in the Central right now, but... We haven't seen the Jets beat many great opponents yet. I mean, most of the the teams that Winnipeg is playing and occasionally struggling against, they haven't been all that great. It's a weaker start in certain areas, and yet the teams that the Jets did play a lot of the Rebuilders, some of them have given Winnipeg fits. The Blues came in tonight atop the Central Division and presented a pretty legitimate challenge, which, you know, the Jets could, uh, could rise to the occasion, I was hoping. I wasn't really sure if they were going to be great, This was Connor Hellebuck's first game back in net after he was a dad and certainly needed a couple of days off. But, you know, coming into this game and the opening period, it seemed like Winnipeg was actually skating with a real purpose. The first couple of minutes were pretty tentative, but the Jets were testing shots, looking for some decent scoring opportunities, and actually had a very early power play. Nothing really came of it, though, unfortunately, and then the Blues started to wake up a little bit. The Jets had to kill off a penalty of their own, if I recall correctly, and it felt like, you know, the Blues were starting to become a little bit more active. I thought they tested Hellebuck with a couple of decent shots, and, you know, Winnipeg didn't really have many great offensive responses, After that first couple of minutes where they had a decent jump, it sort of felt like the Jets were starting to match the pace and slow down a bit. The Blues then ended up getting their own power plate later in the period, and uh, unfortunately for the Jets, despite a really good aggressive read up the ice from Brendan Dillon, I don't even know why he was in the neutral zone, but he stepped up and stole the puck and ended up forcing a turnover. He then turned it over back to the Blues, and St. Louis had like a 3-on-1 or a 3-on-2 back uh, the other way, which you know how the Jets PK is not exactly great. Now, I will say that this should not have been a goal. Bucinevic had a pretty innocent wrister from the left flank. It didn't really seem like a shot that anyone would be particularly bothered by, but for some reason I think Helibuck's rust just kind of took over and uh, unfortunately he let a really greasy one go right between his pads and the five hole. You could tell he was sort of irritated with it because he'd already had a couple of issues with, you know, puck handling, a couple of turnovers uh, involving his defenders. And so, you know, Helly was trying to get back into the swing of things. It is tough when you haven't played in a couple of games. And, of course, Hellebuck is one of those guys who seems to handle a lot of puck volume more so than the games where he doesn't have a lot of work to do. After that goal against, he had a couple of scary puck handling incidents, one of them almost ending up a goal against. Uh, he turned it over, I think behind his net or something, and the Blues almost had a tap-in on the other side, which, not super ideal, but he did make the stop, bailed himself out, and all is well that ends well. After that opening 20 minutes, I thought the Jets uh, came out in the second period with a really dominant presence. The Jets basically dominated the Blues for about 20 straight minutes, and nothing was really happening for St. Louis. They were getting shut down in neutral zone transitions. They were getting shut down on defensive zone exits. They had almost no offensive zone possessions. I think there were maybe a couple of shots at most for the Blues, a couple of scoring chances. The Jets had everything else. And, honestly, Winnipeg could have been up several goals had it not been for some kind of poor execution right in front of the net and then some magical saves from Jordan Bennington. Winnipeg did most of everything right, but, of course, it's just in those critical moments at times where, you know, the finishing and, and the lack of, perhaps, ability to score on some of these opportunities almost bit the Jets. Um, but then, thankfully, Neil Pionk had a great spinorama goal from the blue line. I have no idea who he walked at the blue line, but it was really embarrassing for the blue skater. Pionk basically just rolled around him and found a nice shooting lane, wristed it towards the top right. Uh, It would actually be the goaltender's left shoulder. And this one deflected off of a blue skater end-in, but it did seem like it was labeled top shelf anyways. And just like that, it was tied. And honestly, after that, the Jets just kept pouring it on. You really felt like this was a period in which Winnipeg Probably could have scored three or four goals, but thanks to Bennington and Winnipeg's own sloppiness and finishing, it ended up not being that, and it was just a one one tie overall though I was pretty impressed with the effort i I thought the Jets looked very good, they frankly dominated the blues, and this is a team that you don't often smack around I mean St Louis they're a very strong outfit, even though i've I've kind of been a little bit I would say cooled on the Blues over the past couple of years. I I think they have some issues with their depth and certainly their ability to generate a lot of high-end offense. I still think that this team has a lot of young players who are kind of pushing at that narrative now and starting to really add value into offense to this team. So the Blues are looking dangerous again. And uh, I I think the only thing that really stuck out was that they just looked very slow in this game. They really did not have much going when Winnipeg was pressuring on any of the four checks. You know, in Winnipeg's own defensive zone, The Jets were forcing sloppy turnovers out of the Blues. They were cutting off passing lanes, using body positioning well. It was just a very well orchestrated team. And then the Jets would have pretty good uh, counters and zone exits, and then transitions up the ice. So through the first 40 minutes, I had to say I was just impressed. I mean, you don't often find Winnipeg playing well against teams that are quality squads. And while the Jets haven't exactly been uh, like a bad team per se, It's not like you would expect them to do really well against a team that is, frankly, a a playoff battle-tested squad. I mean, the Blues have already won a championship. They've been a very good team for the past couple of years. In a road matchup against the, the Jets, you know, it is difficult to bet against them but at least for the first two periods, it was clear that the Jets had the edge. After that first period, that was a little bit more even. The second period all belonged to Winnipeg, and I was kind of shocked that the Jets did not have the lead. I have to say, Mark Shifley, I thought, had a really good shift. It's clear that his linemates aren't really capable of keeping up with him in the same way that he needs. I think Shifley is very much trying to create lots of offense, had uh, incredible dangerous chances, had some really great counters and stuff, and honestly could have had maybe two goals himself. Uh, at least a couple of points he could have had, like three assists. Unfortunately for him, Lowry and Wheeler either weren't in the spots that they needed to be or just could not make the finishes. So pretty happy with Shifley this season so far. I think he's had a good year, and it seems like once he gets some line mates with some genuine scoring ability, he'll, he'll start to really rack up the points again. With all that said though, there were still 20 minutes left in the game and I was curious to know if the Jets would keep up the pressure and find a way to see the game to a victory or if they would end up falling short and losing to the Blues. Before we check in on the last period though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Direct TV Streaming is your best option to satisfy all of your multimedia and TV needs. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're finishing out our coverage of Winnipeg versus St. Louis, uh, at least the recap portion. I'll have some finalizing thoughts in our last bit. But as for the third period, the Jets actually played pretty well again. They did put the, the pedal to the floor, but unfortunately the Blues ended up tying it, thanks to Jordan Kyrou, and a little bit of a bad defensive sequence. Logan Stanley and his line mates unfortunately got undressed a bit, and Kyrou uh, snuck one through Helibuck. Not a lot Helly could do. Uh, you could say that it was maybe a little bit of a soft goal, but I'm not really going to blame him for it. It was mostly on the D coverages and Kyrou just being that good. And try as the Jets might, they just could not seem to solve Bennington after that. I mean, Binnington made some unbelievable saves. The Jets got really unlucky with a couple of puck bounces that either just deflected wide or had some jaw-dropping saves. And then at the other end, the Jets also had a couple of chances that they had to uh, fend off from the Blues. I thought Hellebuck made some really good stops. It was a pretty back-and-forth period, but neither side ended up breaking the tie, and so we ended up going to overtime, and uh, the Jets basically got smacked in overtime. After such a dominant 5v5 performance, I was a little bit disappointed to see the uh, the 3v3 be so completely one-sided. You could tell that the Jets had burned a lot of energy just trying to skate and constantly control the play at 5v5 during regulation, and so by the time they got to overtime, they were pretty gassed. And then for some reason, the Jets kept putting out Blake Wheeler in overtime, which we all know that's not really a recipe for success. As much as we all enjoy Blake and the captain, uh, unfortunately, when it comes to overtime, Where you need a lot of skating and speed wheeler just doesn't really have either of those elements anymore honestly i would even be nervous about putting him out there for like an overtime power play just because if he makes a single mistake or or makes a bad pass or something he's gonna get cooked on the back check He actually had a pass that almost got picked off and uh, was deflected far enough away from Josh Morrissey to make the reception difficult and give possession back to the Blues, which just serves as a reminder that, you know, in a situation like that, you really need to look at guys more like Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, etc. And some of those dudes did play, but, you know, Wheeler was out there for so much of the OT that it really didn't matter. The Blues basically passed it back to their own players for most of the overtime period, came uh, close to scoring on a couple of really good chances, and the Jets really did not have anything in overtime to actually get back up the ice, or even win a puck battle to uh, force a turnover. After that, it went to a shootout, and unfortunately, the only goal was in favor of the Blues, and so they saw this one out, 3-2 to two, in the shootout, securing the extra point. Which, yeah, uh, you know, all you need to say about this game is that the Jets basically got robbed, and it was mostly by Bennington. But I do have to kind of complain a bit about the officiating, I felt like the refs were really lenient with the Blues, and it's not like I say this as, uh, you know, a biased Homer fan. I just legitimately thought the Blues had way more calls that didn't get any penalty calls, which for me was a little bit baffling. One of the most baffling was late in the game, right before overtime, uh, you know, James Neal came up behind Ehlers, who was kind of on his knees, and, uh, you know, Neal just sort of elbowed him in the back of the head, which is super, super dirty. And it's not like Neal isn't known for doing this stuff. He is pretty scummy when it comes to really dirty. Uh, cowardly hits, and I think that's the kind of stuff that Dops really needs to get out of the game. So I hope that he gets a call. He can sit his butt down, and you know, at home and and watch from the press box or something. He should get at least a game for it, but I'm sure he probably won't get much more than like a fine. A really ugly play either way. Uh, and then as far as like the rest of the officiating goes, I thought that the Blues got away with a lot of hooks, trips, interference, all that stuff that you know. Oftentimes, I feel like the league just doesn't call that to maintain the flow of the game, uh, you know, so they say, but it's very frustrating as a Jets fan to watch that. I I do know that Winnipeg will often get away with calls, too. Sometimes it's very blatant. Sometimes it's, you know, a pretty borderline call. But it felt like in this game, the Blues were definitely the team that escaped with infractions a lot more frequently. Aside from that, though, I thought the period itself and uh, everything before overtime was pretty okay, the Jets really just had a great game, and it's, it's rare that we say that. It's especially impressive given that it is the Blues who are leading the division, and, you know, Winnipeg... This is a team that seldom does well against strong squads, much less completely dominate them for like two to three periods at a time. And in this game, the Jets honestly owned most of the true scoring chances. I mean, if you look at just the shot clock, you'll see it looked a little closer than it really was. Right before the end of regulation, it was like 38 shots to 20 or 25 or something like that. And a lot of the shots the Jets generated were super dangerous. High danger chances right in front of Bennington. He had to, you know, sprawl out to make unbelievable saves. Uh, A couple of chances where the puck somehow just got tipped wide of the net. Really, Bennington was tested the entire night, and the Jets got super unlucky that they didn't score. If you play out like a 10-game series, you would definitely expect the Jets to win the majority of them. It's not, you know, a clear and obvious thing that it would happen that way, but more than likely the Jets would own most of those wins, and I felt like this was a game that they they frankly did deserve both points. A couple of self-inflicted things that I felt the Jets could probably work on but otherwise, as far as the effort is concerned, can't really complain. I have some overall thoughts about the progression of this game and ultimately how I feel this season is going so far, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. We're back, and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron, as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new, updated site and interface, even more odds props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag, and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on uh, the season so far and, and where I could see this team going after the past couple of games and what was actually a pretty impressive performance against the Blues. So... The Jets this year are are an interesting team. They have improved in some areas, but they're still kind of like a modestly average team, right? Now, bear in mind that like modestly average isn't really impressive in and of itself, but for the Jets, it's kind of like a big step forward, which it's a little embarrassing to put those into words, but that's kind of how the Jets are. This is a team that kind of relies a little bit on the power play and some puck fortune plus goaltending to kind of carry them through. That part hasn't necessarily changed, but overall I still feel like when you look at how the Jets play at even strength and stuff, it's gotten a lot better. Now, there are still some, like, really key upgrades that they need to make. And I think one of the biggest ones is the third pairing. Stanley DeMello is just not working at all, in part because Stanley is, is really struggling and DeMello's not able to carry him. Which is crazy because Dylan can kind of carry almost anyone, and yet he's also struggling in this pairing. The second pairing of Brendan, Dylan, and Neil Pionk has also struggled a lot. I know that Pionk had a pretty good game this evening, but overall that pairing... Not super ideal, so I, I kind of would look to rebalance it a bit. I think you want to put Dylan and Demello together. That might actually work better. And then seriously, bring up Vili Heinola. Right now he's killing it with the moose and absolutely torching the competition. So if anyone does deserve like a merit-based call-up, it would be Heinola. I think Logan can probably sit. You know, Nate Bolyu, we already know, is not really a great player either. So, if you can find a way to make the cap space and roster situation work, then bring in Heinola and look for a chance to really give him a run with his team. I think the Jets could really benefit from his puck moving ability, and certainly it would help balance out the D pairings. I don't think that Dylan and Peok are going to get split up anytime soon. So, you know, it'd basically be pairing with Demelo, which might honestly make DeMello a lot better, too. I also think the team needs to rely less on having Shifley with Wheeler. You know, put Shifley back up in the top six. I thought his game tonight was really well-rounded. And what kind of really stuck out to me was that he had a lot of effort and drive on his possessions and stuff, which we haven't always seen with him. And when he would be, you know, pressured or or even lose possession, he would immediately dive back in to try and recover the puck and really force the turnover again to get the Jets back in, in offensive graces. So... Overall, I just thought his game was really well-rounded. He created a lot of dangerous opportunities by himself, but I think that by himself part is kind of why he needs to get promoted. You know, the biggest issue right now is when you have Shifley with Wheeler and Lowry, those other guys aren't really offensive juggernauts. You know Wheeler used to be, but certainly not nowadays. And Lowry, for as much as he can be like a bull-nosed, really hard tackle kind of player in the crease, unfortunately, as far as like his finishing is concerned, not really his best toolset. Shifley needs guys who play at his speed and can score because right now his current abilities are being a bit wasted. I know that his game is currently looking a lot more well-rounded and stronger than it's been in the past, but. Overall, he still needs those finishers on his flanks to really make the most of his skill sets. Kyle O'Connor is also looking a lot better in certain areas. He's actually making defensive plays and reads, which he hasn't done before. Even though they might be infrequent or, you know, under extreme duress or something because he's made a mistake, at least he's doing something to try and recover it. I never thought I would see him back check and, like, f- try to force a turnover or even successfully pull one off, but he's been doing it more frequently, and he's actually doing it a lot higher up the ice, too. He's been doing it a lot in the neutral zone, which I I'm kind of surprised by it. It's making him a more complete contributor on his line with Dubois and Zvechnikov, so overall, you have to really like that growth, and I want to see it continue. Looking ahead, I do think that this team is primed for a, a pretty decent playoff run. It's not going to be one that, like I feel, is super deep, but as it is, they do have some tools that I think they could really make use of to push at least a round or two in. I don't know if they'll make it past that, or if they'll even, you know, you know, make it past round one, to be honest. But I still have a a modicum of confidence in this team's ability. They've showed us that they can be really good. I think games like we saw against the Blues tonight are a representation of what they can be when they're at their best. They won't always be that, and in fact, they might be more like break-even. But that might still be good enough. Get to the dance, and then kind of go from there. So we'll see how this team progresses. I'll keep up with, like, progress reports throughout the season. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.